From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. We're commencing July 6, 2014. I'm Graham VK4BB and this is the WIA National News. Gippsland Times are reporting that the decommissioned Omega Tower Navigation Facility at Darriman will be dismantled, subject to heritage restrictions. Gippsland MHR and Parliamentary Secretary for Defence Darren Chester said the tower, Australia's tallest, was now surplus to defence requirements. The tower was one of a set of nine other navigation towers located around the world, including United States, Trinidad, Argentina and Japan. The Omega navigation system was shut down in the year 2000 and used as a transmitter for unidirectional communications to submarines until 2008. Transmission equipment from the system is now on display at Port Albert's Maritime Museum. The tower is said to be the tallest structure in the Southern Hemisphere, attracting base jumpers. Australia's medium-wave beacon reaches a century. Regular listeners to this WIA National News will know that most of this year a home-built test beacon on 473 kilohertz is operated at Mildura in the northwest of Victoria. The beacon has been heard throughout Australia and into New Zealand. With the latest on that activity, here's Noel Ferguson, VK3FI. Now the aim of that test has been to create interest in the 630 metre band, and it's certainly done that very successfully. So I've just turned over the 100th report. And I know many who have reported continue to check the signal. So a big thank you to those who have taken the time to look for the beacon and provide reports. And also while I'm on thank yous, thanks must go to Jim VK3PC for ongoing publicity. And also thanks to Owen VK2OMD for prodding me into trying the QRSS mode and for also supplying the keying board for that mode. And at this point I intend to continue with the beacon well, at least for the next several weeks. But after that, I'll take a break in transmission. The plan is to improve the 473 kHz beacon antenna and also to install a replacement HF beam. At the same time, I intend to move the 473 kHz transmitter off the workbench into the rack where it belongs. Now, that work will take me to a crossroads. Should I continue the beacon in the nightly operational mode? Or should I change to a beacon on demand? Yes, your ideas, comments to vk3fi at wia.org.au certainly would be appreciated. This is VK3 Foxtrot India and you're listening to VK1 WIA. VK1 WIA where we're going to take another look at ANZAC 100. To commemorate ANZAC 100, a series of articles is to appear in Amateur Radio Magazine by WIA historian Peter Wolfenden, VK3RV. Here's just another one. An inspired experimenter and leader, Walter Hannum, his part of the jigsaw. The WIA began on the 11th of March 1910, primarily to pressure the federal government to make the radio spectrum available to individual experimenters. Walter Hannum was at that inaugural meeting of private wireless people in Sydney. The Adelaide Advertiser on the 10th of March 1910 details a number of aspects of wireless telegraphy and provides an insight to the frustrations of experimenters. It reported that a young electrician, a Mr W. Hannum, it is alleged after spending three years in equipping a comprehensive plant, applied for a licence. Although a year and a half had passed since his first application, he had received no final answer. 
The Secretary of the Postal Administration replied that the only condition was a royalty of three guineas a year. He further said Mr Hannam had not paid the royalty. Walter must well have been aware of the solution, so what was really going on? There is little doubt that the three-guinea licence fee was extravagant, it was excessive and would have contributed to the number of schoolboy pirates, let alone offend others such as Walter Hannam. With other developments by the Postal Administration, this all made good rallying material for the forthcoming public meeting and signs were that Wally knew very well that this was the case. Hannam and George Taylor shared an interest in flying and it was at an exhibition that high radio licence fees and the number of people interested were discussed that Taylor arranged the meeting which then started the WIA. Melbourne Amateur Radio Technology Group will be holding their first Hamfest Sunday September 28 and it'll be held at the IKCA Social Club Rooms at Kyler East just off the Western Ring Road. Plenty of parking is available. Grab that bargain radio you've been looking for with 30 plus tables made available to sellers including dealer sections. There'll be an emergency services on display with door prizes every hour. Food will be the delicious egg and bacon barbecue sandwiches for breakfast and free tea and coffee throughout the day. For bookings and details, visit martg.net, but sellers book your table early. And Peter Scodia, VK3XCO, says he hopes to see you there. Well, the internet was all a Twitter last weekend. Hello, I'm Jeff Emery, and last weekend saw the first official release of the edition of Amateur Radio magazine. In fact, I had to wait until Wednesday to retrieve mine from the letterbox. Reading the editorial from Peter Freeman, it was a hope of the Publications Committee that July would be the month for this to happen. And happen it did. WIA members need to register on the Memnet system and log in to download the PDF file. With the selection of thumbnail photos on the inside back cover, there is a wrap-up of the Institute AGM and Open Forum by Roger Harrison. The WIA broadcast manager gets a special mention on receipt of WIA Life membership, and another page is devoted to recipients of special awards. For people who follow Robin Harwood's spotlight on SWL in column, there is another story from John Clark. HCJB, the voice of the Andes, is an historic broadcaster and now transmits from the Old River region of Australia. Learn some of the tricks of setting up a monster shortwave broadcast station in our own backyard. Just for the adventurous or wishful, there is the story of the Mellish Reef 2014 expedition. If you always wanted to visit a coral cay in the middle of the ocean and sleep two metres above high tide level, then this is the story for you. Did you know our guidebook, the LCDs, is due to expire next year? I didn't, but WIA President Phil Waite goes into some of the background thinking of our regulator and the possible ways amateur radio might develop. A little weighty, but an important read. With all the regular columns, the July issue of Amateur Radio should have something for all listeners. For WIA National News, this is Jeff, BK4ZPP. Who listens to radio? BK, I don't what use is an F call? Amateur radio has been around for over a century. In that time, it has evolved considerably. From humble beginnings with the field being discovered and covered by inventors, to today when we enjoy the fruits of over a hundred years of development. 
That's not to say that we don't have inventors among us today, just that they build on the shoulders of giants with information and knowledge passed down through the generations. Today we celebrate the existence of new amateurs on a regular basis. We welcome new F-calls to our bands daily, and we see a massive influx of new puppy dogs with wagging tails, keen as mustard and hungry to learn. Only we don't do anything with that. We have a few stalwarts, brave souls, who spend their time encouraging new amateurs. We see them teach, guide and mentor, train and develop, help and grow the skills and do the things that you'd expect from a hobby. Unfortunately, there are some among us who take a different, darker view. They bemoan the coming of the illiterate hordes, and they berate and chastise, doggedly fighting the inflow of new ideas, rekindling a past where boys were boys and amateurs were men. They take the view that an F-call is not a real license, can't really know anything, and that one holding such a license is less of an amateur than they. It's amusing to think that a crusty amateur, say 70 years old or so, was once 14, half a century after their predecessors started the hobby, but they seem to have forgotten that time. Now I'm not going to name names or make examples of those experiences I've had, or those I've been told about. But if you're listening to this and your blood pressure is rising, perhaps it will be a great idea to have a think about if you're encouraging newcomers or not. Fortunately, negativity isn't all-encompassing, but it's too prevalent, too dominant to be comfortable. Get a life. Encourage an F-call, will ya? They're in it for the hobby too, you know. In case you're wondering, sour grapes? No. Disappointed? Yes. I'm Ono, Victor Kilo 6, Foxtrot Lima Alpha Bravo. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. International news with thanks to IARU, RSGB, SARL, Southgate Amateur Radio Club, ARRL, Amateur Radio Newsline, NZART and the worldwide sources of the WIA. I'm Jason, VK2LAW. 70 MHz in Italy for 2014. On the IARU Region 1 website, Alessandro IV3 Kilo Kilo Whiskey reports Italian radio amateurs have access to 70 MHz until December 19, 2014. All Italian stations are authorised except those 30 kilometres or less from Italian borders with Austria, Switzerland and France. Flying unmanned aircraft prohibited in USA national parks. National Parks has signed a policy memorandum that prohibits launching, landing or operating unmanned aircraft including drones on lands and waters administered by the USA National Park Service. The National Park Service itself can continue to use unmanned aircraft for administrative purposes such as search and rescue, fire operations and scientific. Sweeping cuts to Voice of America shortwave services. The United States Broadcasting Board of Governors proposed shortwave cuts for financial year 2014 have been approved by Congress. Cuts will affect many shortwave radio services into Asia and elsewhere. New Zealand announces broadcast licence auction. Communications and Information Technology Minister Amy Adams has announced that available AM and FM licences for sound broadcasting will be auctioned later this year. 
The auction will include commercial licences, both unallocated and those currently allocated temporarily. It will also include a number of licences that were reserved for non-commercial use but are no longer needed for the purposes they were reserved for. All licences will be auctioned as commercial licences with tenure up to 2031. Work is currently underway to determine the auction details, including the exact content, reserve prices and auction process. Some very positive changes have come to QRZ.com. The first is that the website's call sign database now fully supports secondary call signs. A secondary call sign is one which includes a slash plus a modifier as either a prefix or a suffix to the primary call. This feature is available to all QRZ users and can be accessed by simply editing your call sign or by using the My Account choice from the main QRZ menu located under your call sign at the right top of the page. Also, unlike primary calls, secondary call signs may be deleted by their owners at any time. Another major change at QRZ concerns its online logbook. Many users had asked for Logbook of the World integration, and this is now available to all Logbook subscribers. It means that if you're a Logbook of the World user, you can push your QRZ logs directly to the Logbook of the World with just a couple of clicks of your mouse. Once uploaded, your QSOs in the QRZ logbook will be shaded with a green background indicating that they've been sent. Ofcom has just started a consultation on the key issues to be considered at the World Radio Communication Conference 2015, or WRC. These conferences are held approximately every four years and take key decisions concerning the identification and international harmonisation of spectrum bands. Ofcom represents the UK at WRC. The next conference takes place in Geneva from the 2nd to the 27th of November 2015. It will consider a wide range of issues across a number of sector interests, including amateur radio use of parts of the spectrum. Ofcom's consultation sets out the main issues to be discussed at the conference and the emerging UK position. Full details, tinyurl.com forward slash Ofcom hyphen WRC15. Weird and wonderful. In VK4, a group of University of Queensland physicists have used light particles to simulate a key process that indicates how time travel might be possible despite well-known clashing theories. Led by PhD student Martin Ringbauer, the research will add to the study of how time travel could be possible and how core scientific theory quantum mechanics might change in new environments. The team was able to send single particles of light, known as photons, along a path of space-time that returns the travelling object to the same point at an earlier time, known as a closed time-like curve. The team used mathematical equivalents to map the journey. The first photon travelled through a wormhole into the past. It then interacted with a photon simulated to stand in as the first's older version. A second photon was sent through normal space-time and interacted with a photon that was forever trapped in the closed timeline curve. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service 
on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Operational news on Felix VK4FUQ, Dateline 2014. SGA arrests Eddie Mitty Trophy Contest, July 26. 1010 International Summer Contest, August 2 and 3. WIA Remembrance Day, ADRD Contest, August 16 and 17. Alara Contest, August 30 31. Manly Warringah Radio Society's Flagpole Contest, September 20. Amateur Radio's International Air Ambulance Week, nine days from September 28. I mentioned the Alara Contest. Well, with more, here is Leslie, VK5, LOL, your Alara Contest Manager. Just wanting to let you know that the 34th Alara Contest is coming up in August, Saturday the 30th, Sunday the 31st, the last weekend of August. Details can be found on the Alara website. It would be wonderful if more YLs would participate, particularly some of our newer F calls. We are very friendly and don't take contesting too seriously. Paper logs are welcome and there is also an echo link section. Looking forward to speaking with lots of YLs on the 30th and 31st of August. 33's Leslie VK5LOL. Thanks, Leslie. Now to special event stations DX Beacon, Repeater and Edervice, Jersey. A group of hams from the Czech Republic will be active as MJ0ICD from the island of Jersey between July the 21st and the 27th on 160 through 10 metres using CW, SSB and the digital modes. QSL MJ0ICD via OK1BIL. OM3RM will be operational portable 9A from Viz Island during the RSGB Islands on the Near Contest on July 26th and 27th. This is a single operator or band mixed entry. QSL via OM3RM. YO2MSB will be active stroke 3A from Monicolo, Monaco between September the 5th and the 12th. QSL via the Bureau or electronically via EQSL. VK3VTH will be active stroke 7 from King Island between August the 14th to the 17th. His operation will be on 40 and 20 metres using SSB only. QSL VK3VTH via the Bureau. LI for LA and LJ for LB celebrates 200 years of the Norwegian Constitution during 2014. In addition, Special Event Station LM1814 will be active as part of the celebration. Nauru, September 29 to October 19. LZ1GC is planning to be operational as C21GC from the Republic of Nauru between September 29 and October 19 on 160 through 10 metres using CW, SSB and Sumriti. Panama Canal Special Event Next month Panama is celebrating its 100th anniversary of the Panama Canal. On August 15, the Panamanians will celebrate the 100th anniversary of the inaugural transit through the Panama Canal. This activity is organised by amateurs of the Republic of Panama. A special event station is operating as HO100CANAL until August 15. Activity will be on 160 to 10 minutes using CWSSB, PSK and RITI. The QSL manager for the operation is HP1AVS. HS50RAST, special event call sign, 
Radio Amateur Society of Thailand, RAST, have been issued with the special call sign HS50RAST, which celebrates the 50th anniversary of the RAST and can be used until the end of 2014. For VK1WIA National News, I'm Felix, VK4FUQ, Enningham. Across Australia from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service in the southeast of South Australia. It can be heard on VK5RMG 146.900 MHz on Sunday mornings at 9am Central Standard Time. I'm Cole, VK5HCF. Well, we haven't done this for a while. Had a look at the Q News workbench. On the bench this week, the world's tiniest FM transmitter. A team at Columbia University in New York has demonstrated a device built from a strip of graphene that can transmit FM radio signals. The team suspended a 2 to 4 micrometre long strip of graphene above a metal electrode. By applying a voltage to the electrode, they could draw the strip of graphene down. The resulting strain altered the strip's resonant frequency, tuning it up much as you might tighten a guitar string. By altering the voltage on the gate, the team found they could use the graphene device to generate an FM-modulated electromagnetic signal at 100 megs, right in the centre of the FM band. Good morning, this is Robert, VK3DN, with this week's Worldwide Special Interest Group News. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Females in Radio, ALARA, the Australian Ladies IR Association, and a reminder that their net is held each Monday, 3.570 MHz, commencing at 10.30 UTC, uh, that's 10.00 UTC, during daylight saving. Kui Alara. Now, why Kui? Well, Wikipedia lists Kui as a shout used in Australia, usually in the bush, to attract attention, find missing people, or indicate one's own location. When done correctly, a loudly and shrilly, a call of Kui can carry over considerable distance. It's also known as a call for help. Kui is Australian, and it's all about communication over distance. Now, Kui comes to Alara. And the ladies from Alara, and in particular Bambi, VK4AYL, need to be congratulated on their bright, bold look of their new newsletter, and a newsletter is hardly the word to describe their new look magazine. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier, RS6SWL reports on school contacts. RS is requesting listener reports for its school contacts due to issues with the Kenwood radio that are not fully understood. An Ericsson lower power transceiver is going to be used for these contacts in the foreseeable future. Please send your reports to aj9n at amsat.org. RS managers add that they thank everyone in advance for their assistance. Worldwide Special Interest Group's IOTA IOTA's 50th Anniversary Convention. The RSGB's IOTA program is celebrating its 50th anniversary at a conference at Beaumont House, Windsor, all across this weekend, the 4th to the 6th of July. It'll be opened by RSGB President John Gould, G3WKL. Worldwide Special Interest Groups, ILLW. 
VK is gearing up for the ILLW, with more than 53 Australian registrations already in for the International Lighthouse and Lightship Weekend that's only six weeks away. This fun event is certainly headed for another very successful year. This includes an unusual four new Virgin Lighthouses so far, two in Victoria and one each in New South Wales and Tasmania. The latest is Whaler's Bluff Lighthouse designed to guide ships past a treacherous reef into the Portland Harbour in southwest Victoria. It'll be put on the air by Jono, VK3FMPB. No doubt he'll be looking for the Griffiths Island Lighthouse further up the coast at Port Ferry, activated by Peter Fraser, VK3ZPF, at the mouth of the Moyne River. One of the easternmost parts of Australia is Fingal Head Lighthouse, activated by Grant, VK2GL. The tower is accessible through remnant coastal rainforest and has plenty of deep water offshore. In eastern Tasmania at Cape Tuaville Lighthouse will be Ken, VK7HKN, and his wife Lynn, VK7FROG. The pair at first puzzled at a meeting of the Northern Tasmanian Amateur Radio Club, who had not heard of the lighthouse. In the lead is VK3 with 15 registered, followed by VK2 and VK7 on 8. And in VK4 and VK5 there's 7. In VK6 there's 6. And in Alice Springs, the false lighthouse of Greg VK8GM is part of the Henley on Todd regatta. To register and join the 17th International Lighthouse and Lightship Weekend on August the 16th and 17th, along with others in 38 countries, see the website www.illw.net. Well, that's all I have for you this week. This has been Robert, VK3DN, reporting from Melbourne, and it's now across to Clive with the RAOTC report. Hello everyone, this is Clive, VK6 Charlie Sierra Whiskey, with the usual reminder that tomorrow, Monday, July the 7th, is the first Monday in the month. Time once again for the Radio Amateurs Old Timers Club of Australia's monthly news and information bulletin. This month, in addition to the regular club news, we learn how Herman, VK2IXV, saved his career as a merchant marine radio operator by learning to use a semi-automatic Morse key. I think you'll enjoy it. Everyone, RAOTC members and non-members alike, is cordially invited to listen in to the bulletin. The main HF transmission takes place on 20 metres on 14.150 MHz upper sideband. At 0100 UTC, 9am Eastern Standard Time, the bulletin is beamed northwards from Melbourne for Eastern States listeners, while an hour later, at 0200 UTC, it's beamed westward for WA listeners. Also at 0200 UTC, or 10am Western Standard Time, the bulletin is transmitted via the NewsWest linked repeater system simultaneously with a 40-metre transmission on 7060 kHz lower sideband from Perth by Chris VK6JI. In addition, local HF, VHF and UHF transmissions also take place tomorrow on various frequencies and at various times. To find one for your local area, please visit the RAOTC website at www.raotc.org.au. 
That's www.raotc.org.au. Callbacks are taken after each transmission, and we look forward to hearing from you. So, once again, the July RAOTC Bulletin can be heard tomorrow, Monday, July the 7th, 7-3 from Clive, VK6, Charlie, Sierra Whiskey. This is VK1 WIA. All points of contact from today's news stories are to be found in print when you read the web editions, www.wia.org.au. Leaving you this week from WIA National News, a look at the social scene, and just before that, a reminder when you send material for broadcast on the WIA National News, we'd much prefer you to send audio. All the instructions on how to submit audio is on the wia.org.au website under the weekly broadcast. You'll find the details there on how to submit items. And remember, we do only broadcast items once. Okay, the social scene, July 12, 13 in VK3, Gips Tech Conference. July 19, also VK3, it's the GGREC 2014 Hamfest, the Gippsland Gate Radio and Electronics Club. July 19 in VK4 is the Caboolture Radio Club's Hamfest at the Scout Ground, Smith's Road. July 27 in VK4, it's Gold Coast Amateur Radio Society Social at Logan Central Gardens, 11am. August 3 in the West, VK6, Northern Corridor Radio Group's Hamfest. September 13 in VK4, it's the Sunshine Coast Amateur Radio Club Sunfest, and that's held again at the Wombai School of Arts. September 28 in VK3, the Melbourne Amateur Radio Technology Group's Hamfest at Keeler East, and October 25, Hamfest on the Gold Coast. So now, till next week, I'm Graham, VK4BB. Walk softly. From Australia, this has been VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service. On RF, we thank our rebroadcast team and you for listening. And remember, internet streaming and text of this news is available 24-7 at wia.org.au.